I had an H1 reach out to me mm-hmm. for Space Station Gaming ages ago, ages and ages ago. And he was like, do you want to trial? And at the time, I was like, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> I thought Space Station Gaming was just like a mid-team. Yeah. I was like, no, like, I'm not joining this guy. Welcome, everybody, to part four of the hot drop. Um, we had a fantastic guest for this one. Uh, Tickleton from the Sonics joined us. We spoke a lot about um, their performances in the last year on the international stage. We spoke about their issues, how they plan to address them with their new coach Gunner as well. And uh, then we spoke a little bit more general about streaming and, and playing PUBG esports. We spoke about sort of the team streams, player comms, a lot of things that, are, that could be really cool um, in the scene. And then we had a little chat about his past and how he ended up um, as a very young Australian in the US um, playing PUBG esports competitively on a professional level. There will be a part two of this episode. So if you don't want to miss that, subscribe to the channel right now and have fun with the episode. All right, for this episode of the Hot Dog Podcast, I am joined by a very special guest and uh, the first out of region guest. How are you doing, Tickleton? I'm doing fantastic. Yourself? Oh, I'm fine. Feels weird to call you Tickleton. I don't know. I don't know if I'm. A, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a Tig or if I'm a James, but um, that that felt very official. It was very official. <laughs> it's like getting called my full name by my mum. Yep. <laughs> you know you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm excited for this right. episode. Um, I am excited to switch things up a little bit. You guys are also in super interesting times at the moment. I feel like with mm-hmm. the with the coach switch, we have a lot to talk about. And I mean, you even felt like you had so much to talk about. You made a made a really long, good sort of Twitter video that I that I just watched. Um, so I'm probably <laughs> going to be linking that in the um, in the description. But maybe for the people that um, don't aren't really up to speed. Um, there's a lot of EU viewers on this podcast. Uh, you recently made a roster change in the coach department. So you uh, let go of Syllogic. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, yeah, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> and you picked up the, the SDK coach. You picked up LG coach, whatever you want to call it, Gunner. Um, yeah. Do you want to just sum that up real quick, why you guys came to that decision and, and what the thought process behind it was? Mm-hmm. Um, well, basically... Gunner has a lot of life experience. Like he's been through multiple tours in the military and has a lot of disciplinary and leadership, teamwork skills and knowledge that I think would be really useful for our team because our team on paper is exceedingly strong. We work Mm -hmm. hard. We all have the desire to win. We're all good. Um, I just think we needed someone to point us all in the same direction to help us achieve that. And I think Gunner was a really good person to help us try and achieve that goal. I think that's, from the outside looking in, that's what it feels like too. It's like the, the building blocks are there. It's just like, there's some sort of dynamics that weren't really going your way. And, and, and like you talked about as well, there's maybe a little bit of overconfidence going on, stuff like that. So um, mm-hmm. that's super cool. Um, super cool to see. I think, um, I think it, the coach, coach role isn't, isn't talked about a whole lot in PUBG. Um, but I think that is exactly the scenario where it can be really impactful, right? Where uh, you you have the right players, you have strong individual good players, and you just have to sort of align the interests of everyone. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's how Bizzle put it in our meeting. He said, like, these guys are really good. They just need to be pointed in the same direction. <laughs> yeah. You just need to aim them at the right place. Yeah, exactly. If, if we're all aimed at the right thing, it'll be good. <laughs> so I won't, don't want to torture you too much with the whole PGC topic. I think um, yeah. it's been talked about a lot. I, I, I saw Shrimzy talking about it a little bit as well. Um, and uh, you had a fantastic vlog coming out that sort of showed the differences between the team as, as, as well about the whole hot rob situation and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to, you know, bash that uh, past you again. Um, well, I think the the vlog kind of, I think, misrepresented a couple. Yeah, you think it was over lightly. the top, as in like how like divided you were as a team. We were definitely divided, but like the the vlog kind of made it seem like we were divided about wanting to hot drop or not, um, which is true in one facet. But like Shrimzy and I, like like before we went to PGC, we had a a team discussion. Mm -hmm. And we basically said, like, if we're going to hot drop a chinky, we have to be ready to throw the whole tournament for it or not go at all. Like, that was kind of my mindset because you can't just, like, go and, like, yeah. half commit. You're, not, you're never going to get it. Um, so we kind of came to that conclusion. And then we didn't practice out of other spots because we're like, okay, we're, like, we're going we're gonna to drop there until we fucking die. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's all fine. Like... If, if we had gone and then dropped a chinky and lost a tournament, I would have been okay with that. My main issue was in the fact that, like, we decided we weren't going to leave. And then we leave, like, so fast. We folded, like, a napkin, like a piece of paper, you know? Yeah. Like, Sh Shimzy and I, I don't think either of us would have been adverse to leaving had we planned for it. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess we kind of both felt a little... We just weren't ready to leave. We didn't think that we were going to be ready to leave. Because, yeah. like, if, if we were ready to leave after day one, I don't think Shrimzu I would have wanted to drop there, ever. Like, I, we would have been like, okay, let's play a different spot then. I can sort of see that, because it, it does feel a lot like hot drops aren't as much about the actual hot drop as people think, and a little bit more about sort of the stubbornness behind the team, because it's yeah, really how much are you games. willing to give up to keep hot dropping. Exactly. And, yeah. If you Like, in my yeah. mind, SGD, like, Sophia hasn't been to a world championship since 2019. It's Shen's first world championship. Like, <clears throat> these guys, like, they have a lot more to lose than us in terms of, like, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if they come from fucking oil or families or something, but, like, financially, like, the gain from the game, like, I kind of felt like we had less reason to leave. Yeah. Because, um, like, this opportunity meant more to them. So... That was kind of my mentality, but then the mentality that like they tried to instill in us and kind of worked and it like got in the heads of some of the people was like, they're here for a holiday, they don't care, they barely qualified. So like that, that's kind of the angle they were playing. That's wild. And like, yeah. And like that's like that's what Sophia said to me. He's like, we're just here for the holiday. You know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, that's just obviously not true. You've been grinding the game yeah. for like five years. You've been to Worlds twice. Yeah. Like I know, I know you're sweating, but yeah. But uh, that can still get in your head, right? If they convince you that they're like, they really just don't care at all. That's yeah. See, that's like, the thing. Is I mean, I I feel like we lost the mental game, uh, uh -huh. which is frustrating. Yeah. Because like there was, I, I felt like there was no real reason to lose the mental game. It's also I was definitely, but I'm definitely like I think I'm the most stubborn on the team. I'm like that guy that's like fuck off. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it's also I feel like you said like they have more to lose. But you can interpret that completely the other way around as well. You can be like, on the one side, you have SGD, like you said, barely qualified, new team, 
a nobody on like the international scale and then you have the sonics you're like the kings of na you know pgis champions mm -hmm. so you could also say you have way more to lose it, it, it's just a matter of how you look at it right and that's yeah. what makes it so hard i guess and that's why a team like you who's been playing together for so long can actually be so divided on on that topic yeah it but like we're not even divided. Like Shrimzy and I would have been happy to leave it was as long as we decided on it before right? we got to the yeah. tournament. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I didn't want to get there, and then, then like, because the thing is, the reason Shrimzy and I were so mad about it, and the reason there was so much divide, is because the last PGC before that. Yeah, we hot dropped on seventeen for one day. We left. We played out of random spots we'd never played out of before. We had shit timings. We got folded. We didn't know what we were playing. And then we were like, okay, well, it would have been better to just at least hard drop until the end of groups, right? Mm -hmm. That was the conclusion we came to. And then we came to this PDC and did the exact same thing. Yeah. It was like, that's he, why we were just fuming. We were so mad. You left last PGC saying never again. And then you just did the exact same thing again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was, it was like deja vu. It was like, that was like actually a quote on our team that cracked us up. It was like, we were doing groups. And we were talking about leaving, and mine was like, well, if we just hot drop until the end of groups, then we're on the same trajectory as last PDC. And then Shimzi was like, no, if we leave, we're on the same trajectory as last. <laughs> I was like the famous quote. Yeah, that's rough. I feel like it's, it's a tough, like, like you said, if you just were on the same page, it would have been probably fine. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, there's so many ways to approach that decision. It's, it's not that simple. Yeah. Um, you already said you don't want to leak too much and stuff, but... I am guessing you you still haven't fully decided. Like you're still gonna be be playing Pachinki Picado in NA, right? There's no reason to leave it. Yeah, absolutely. In every tournament, basically except the ones that, I mean, I don't even know at this point. We're just the thing is, we need a. I think we still want to contest Pachinki Picado. Like that's still our bread and butter. Like we would still want that at any international tournament. Anyone we could fuck out of it, we would. Anyone we could bully off of it, we would. Yeah. Um. The reason we're practicing out of other positions is because we weren't a very versatile team. Mm -hmm. So, like, pretend we hot dropped after a hot drop when we're out of our comfort zone, or if we did go and loot a different spot, like, we weren't very good at adapting on the fly. We've always been a very book smart team. Yeah. So, we figured that we should go and scrim out of other spots just to mm -hmm. improve ourselves across the board. Because scrimming in NA out of Pachinki Picado, it's like reading a book. You just fucking drive to a spot and you're AFK there, and then you win the game. And it's like, okay, that's particularly good. Yeah. You know all the teams around you. You know all your timings. You don't really yeah. have to think all too much. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's terrible practice. I understand. Is that... That's sort of a question I wanted to ask anyways. Is that also a reason that you're scrimming EU? Um, you want different teams? Or is it is it a quality yeah. of scrims thing? Is it a schedule thing? Um, well, the schedule is actually really hard for me because it's, it's like bang in the middle of my stream schedule. So I've yeah. barely been streaming while we've been scrimming in EU. Um, it's been a little tough. But yeah, the quality of scrims are about the same, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, the player skill is pretty even. <clears throat> I just think the, the rules in EU that you can't like kill people before circle one or kill them and people get prior on loot spots, etc. And they will put like 70 people in the lobby instead of 64. Yeah. Like they'll put a couple extra people in the lobby. I think it makes the games feel a little bit more realistic because the, the lobby is kind of more full. There's people everywhere playing angles that they would be playing in comp. Yeah. I, I was very surprised. I was casting a 19 team scrim lobby the other week. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's a lot of teams. Like 
Yeah, it's a big lobby, but it it felt competitive. There's just a lot of people alive phase two, and even if you have a hot drop going on in Yasnaya or whatever, you know, eight people aren't playing the game. Um, that lobby's still sort of realistic. Um, yeah, so that's exactly. interesting because there's a lot of people in EU that think like the rules are dumb. You know, like um, you should be allowed to play whatever you want to play in scrims because you can do whatever you want to do in tournaments. You know, so it's it's mm -hmm. a tricky subject. Um that people will probably never agree on. So it's really interesting to hear that you are playing EU scrims because of those rules yeah. as well. I mean, yeah, the thing is as well, like uh, when you have that many teams in the lobby and I think that makes the, the game more competitive, you also can't really secure a safe alt drop like you would be able to in a tournament. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times you have to end up stretching really far to get your loot, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of unrealistic, but it... It still like keeps the scrim more competitive. Circle one onwards. Yeah. There's always ups and downs. There's always like it's upsides and downsides mm. for sure. Um, speaking about schedule, um, I remember uh, Gunner saying what he stands for is accountability, and he won't have people slack in and things like that. It is currently eleven thirty a.m. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Trimsy has been live for 11 hours and you've got scrims in an hour. Is that, is that something you, you think could be a problem in the long run or? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I didn't know that was happening. He, uh, I mean, Trimsy is a bit of a degenerate. Like the other day we woke up and we're playing scrims and he said like, uh, I went to bed at 12 he went he was like i went to bed at like 12 p.m last night meaning like he went to bed at like noon and we, h and i started laughing we were like what do you mean yeah. he was like yeah but like he was dead serious like he actually went to sleep at noon yeah. and i'm like how, how the fuck what time do you even wake up like yeah. what kind of schedule is that yeah well i kind of feel bad though because like he has to work his stream schedule around my stream schedule because if i stream it severely yeah. impacts his viewers and his revenue uh -huh. so like he always streams these absurd hours but i mean yeah That's actually i feel tough. like I, i'm sacrificing my stream right now for, for scrims, scrims. So he, he should probably be doing the same <laughs> to be honest it's hard um i think it's something that comes up a lot when you talk to esports players it's, it's streaming and i feel like it's pretty important for most players to sort of you know get your name out there build your brand have sort of a second second leg to stand on as well yeah. um but it definitely, it can detract from your practice and your focus on the game as well, right? Like, do yeah. you think it's sometimes tricky because you know you could just be streaming and having a good time and, but you know, maybe like, oh, I've been live for eight hours. I've got scrims in two hours. I need to take a break now and stuff like that. I mean, that situation's fine because I still feel like if, if you're ever streaming long enough that you should take a break before scrims, then... Uh, I mean, like, not too long. Like, like 11 hours might be a little bit too long. Or, like, eight hours. But, like, you can get in, like, four or five hours, feel warmed up, still be caffeinated, and then play a three-hour set of scrims. And that's fine. Yeah. That's all good. Uh, if anything, to me, like, my experience is that streaming... <clears throat> Sorry. Still recovering from being sick. I'm trying to not cough. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Streaming helps my, my competitive aspect because... It makes me value my time more when it comes to scrims. I feel like a lot of people just play the game willy-nilly and not care. 
but like I'm always sweating my nuts off because like if I'm playing scrims and I'm not streaming, I'm like I have to make as much value this time as I would have had streaming. And yeah. when I'm playing pubs and I'm streaming, I'm like, well, I need to make stream content. I'm going to try hard. I'm not just going to keep dying over and over. Like I'll care about my life because that's, that's important to the street content. Yeah. So I feel like it kind of helps me uh, stay focused and want to make the most out of my I life. think that's a really good way to look at it. Because a lot of people, they'll play the game and they'll stream a few hours and they'll scrim, but they won't think about it this way. Like, oh, I'm, 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 wait, I'm wasting time that I could be streaming right now. Scrimming, wasting is in big quotation marks. I've got to mm. make the most out of this time. It's a, it's a really good mindset. Mm. It's also um, something that, that I have tried to work on with, with the players since I've joined Ascend. Sort of like, yeah, I don't think you need to be scrimming five times a week. Um, uh, especially if I you're agree. not like a new team, um, there is there is really sort of a, a flattening curve of how much it really helps you and what you can really do. But when you're in there and you have those six games, you've just got to make the most out of it. Because yeah. there's only so many so many games you can get, and even if they're not fully competitive games, um, you really just try and gotta do the best you can out of them to to get some yeah. sort of preparation for the very few tournament games that you actually get to play. I think streaming your POV is good as well because, uh, like in scrims, I, mm. I noticed like Ascend does this with like a couple of tournaments and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like it, it holds you accountable to the decisions you make and trolling and stuff like that. So I, I've, I'm kind of an advocate for streaming your POV of scrims. I haven't done it, but I'm considering it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know people would love that kind of content as well, but. For sure. I just think that, yeah, it, it's really anti-troll. It forces you to focus and dial in. You can't just show up and be sloppy. Yeah. Um, I, I thought at first it would take folks away, but in a way, it's also just like you said, it's motivation to try harder. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, it's great content, I think. Um, yeah. So the way we've been favorite. doing it is, is stream it with comms and then... <laughs> Don't break Sorry. your camera. <laughs> uh, and then turn off comms in the breaks and talk about the games because, you know, Twitch chat can get a little bit backseaty and stuff and it can get a little annoying. Um, I would probably just do no comms, to be yeah. honest. But I think no comms is good. but With comms is ballsy. Um, I, think it, I think that comes back a little bit as well to sort of the, the book smart versus adaptive kind of thing. Because it's like... Mm -hmm. um, the way we play is super based on information, very slow, figure out what's going on in this current game and not try to read too much into the other teams. So it's not like we're leaking secrets or anything like that, you know? People can yeah, hear the so callouts we use, people can hear how we try to do comms and stuff, but it doesn't feel like we're leaking all that much. Yeah, I think. and I mean, like, if you look at Apex, for example, as an yeah. eSport, I feel like their biggest streamers and biggest viewership demographic are the scrims like TSM scrimming and then Imperial Howl flaming his teammate? Like, it is hilarious content. So, yes. like, I've been thinking about it. Like, literally, I, I've almost wanted, like, this year, I had a big phase of wanting to do this of just having like everyone stream all the scrims. Yeah. And even a tournament, maybe, like, yeah. if you can get it so it doesn't hurt your fears. Yeah. Like, I think that that would just be hilarious. Cause, like, th these, these days, there's not that much to hide in terms of PUBG. I think for most teams, that's very true. I think there mm -hmm. is a lot, a lot of teams that would like to get in the heads of like Batulans and stuff, for example, in EU. That's like the number one name that sort of comes up. Um, but other than that, yeah, 
for sure. But it's not like Batulans does anything crazy. I just think he's book smart. Like he, he just yeah. studies harder. Like he just knows. He has a lot of knowledge. And I don't know about NA uh, or Americas, I should say, but in EU, players got the, uh, the full replay files for PCS7, for example. So yeah. Like, there's a lot us. of research you can do there. Um, you can pretty much look at anything they do the whole game. So yeah. if you really yeah, want to put time in, you can. Sit there and watch Batulans for like, like 20 hours if you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The possibilities are there. You've just got, got to put the time in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's a, um, it's a really tricky topic, sort of the whole how secretive do you want to be, how, how much does it take focus away. Um, maybe for you it's a bit of a different situation in Americas because it feels like when you're playing, let's say, an upper bracket or something, you're, you're not really concerned about losing maybe 2 to 3% of your performance because um, you're going to make the finals anyway. So, like, for you, that could be a really interesting opportunity to actually stream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just see how it goes. Because I think the if you're streaming that, and you're streaming that, like, with comms, I think that is just the best content uh, you can really put out for PUBG Esports. And there's a big I reason... I feel like that would have blown up. Yeah. There's a big reason the... There's so many people I know that watch Apex because of this command center thing where they can constantly hear the comms of the players. I don't know if you're aware of that, but they, they have it built into Twitch that you can pick from all 20 team streams plus a map stream plus the mainstream. And you can just build up sort of your multi-feed in front of you that you want to watch and you can have the comms of the players that you want and it's so sick. That's just, cool, yeah. You're just basically watching a team stream with the player comms constantly and sometimes you can check into the mainstream it's super sick. Yeah, I just feel like, I mean, like, literally, in my brain, the only downside necessarily would be that uh, the vibe of the team would probably be a little bit different because we're yeah. a bunch of goons off stream. Yeah. And the voice comes. <laughs> probably have to relax a little. <laughs> yeah, I can see that for sure. I think it's a, it's a, it's a very individual thing, too. Um, yeah. For some teams, it definitely would work, and for others, it would probably be a bad idea. Um, mm -hmm. I just think for the esports... If that was a thing, that command center thing, it'd be so sick. If you had a LAN, just have it for PGC. It doesn't have to be for every tournament, like just for the biggest tournament of the yeah. year. Have 16 team streams with player comms, with player cams. It is so insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the, the funniest content came from the voice comms in like PEL, for example, and yeah. MPL. Like, yeah. th was it Reels that was like, oh, oh he's God. in my building. In your building, in your building. Oh my God, he's in. <laughs> So yeah that's so good yeah like that kind of stuff that is so or like cool. i remember they used to show liquid comms and there used to be like sampy and yempy just go like push left push left yeah. left 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 <laughs> i was like holy shit like yeah, it was yeah. so cozy there's so there's such good stuff with that it's just <laughs> player comms are insane i think live player comms can be sick in like late game situations and, and team fights and that kind of stuff and it's like the most immersive experience you can get right it's it's the yeah it's so hard to, from a from a fan point of view, to understand like how PUBG competitive is because it's incredibly different from ranked. It doesn't get anywhere yeah. close. So like, and there's no insights. Like there's no, no like, there's literally not a single piece of content really from like a big team other than in China. So actually, this happened. So China at PGC 2021 streamed all of like a bunch of the yeah. teams' comms, and there's vods on YouTube of all of the Chinese teams' comms from the tournament with like dedicated observers yeah that's the kind of content we need 
Yeah. Actually, our comms got streamed without us knowing it for... <laughs> we didn't know it was happening and it got streamed to this Chinese website. What? Um, okay. And Squeaky linked it to us at PGC. He was like, what is this? Like, we can hear your comms. And they were like watching our games. And they told us after the games, like, yeah, we were listening to you. We're like, what the hell? Damn. Yeah, right? I... But... Yeah. No, yeah you lucky, I didn't... lucky I didn't flame anyone. <laughs> <laughs> lucky you didn't get cancelled. No monkey noises. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah, I remember watching the, uh, the new Happy point of view. And like they're like in a dip south of power grid and Batulins is on a rock and just flushes CPN and he's just like slamming his desk and screaming because they all have like super <laughs> trash webcam mics too. Oh yeah. It's such oh, good content. Good. It's so good. My favorite of all time. And it was like, it kind of like, I don't know why it made me savvy, but it's grand survival at PGC 2021. When we didn't qual and 17 was looking like they were going to qual in this one game on military base. Um, it was like Kaisen 17 and Buri Ram 4v4v3 mm -hmm. um, and Buri Ram just all gets in a car and like drives at 17 and they all start DMRing Buri and then Kaisen just like walks over the hill and kills all of them in like one second oh. and uh, Lil Ghost I think was just like ah <laughs> like it's just the webcam mic just slams his desk and I was sitting there like neither of us called but I was still like yeah take that you sucker yeah <laughs> it, it... The the amount of like I don't know what you, what you wanna what the right word for it is, but when you have like a webcam mic and someone's like screaming and slamming a desk, <laughs> it's just instantly content. It's like the It's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Good. Cool. Um the one thing that stuck to me, um, when I, I saw like a Shrimsy interview uh about about PGC and all that kind of stuff, um he talked about that you guys had a mental coach for twenty twenty one. And you kind of decided, like, you don't really need that anymore um, for 2022. You think that was a mistake? You think that was, would have maybe helped you um, with how 20, PGC 2022 went? So this is kind of funny because someone asked me this the other day. And my first thing was like, no, I don't think it would have helped. But then I started thinking about, like, like I don't think that, like, the coach, like, it's not like they i'll just say they they said anything that was like an absolute like revelation or anything and like i think we had a couple disagreements with them like for example they wanted us to all use our real names in games and stuff instead mm -hmm. of like tig like you know what i mean yeah like just stuff like that um and we were like why would you do that yes <laughs> uh so like there were like a couple disagreements yeah. and stuff so like we didn't really feel like it was that helpful but they did give us this one like Google Drive, Google Doc thing that was like a reflection sheet. So after every game day at PGIS, we would go back, we would say what went well, what went bad, how do we improve on it for next time? Mm -hmm. And even though that's like so simple, it was just the act of reflecting that I think helped us all stay on track. Mm -hmm. Like it helped us all dial in and like remember for the next day what we need to do, what went wrong, what did we fuck up? Like, yeah. It... I, th I think there's a lot of these very simple tools in like mental stuff that are like, you, you, you explain them and they sound so simple and easy and it's like, you know, why would it matter? But they really Yeah, help. right. That there's was our mentality. We were like, like, this is just like a waste of time. Like, who cares? We can just yeah. talk about it. But like, I actually think the act of every single person on the team 
yeah. just writing down and reflecting on the day. And it was like visible to everyone. So like I could see what my teammates wrote and then we could have like a 30 second discussion about each bit and then be like, okay, like that's good for tomorrow. Yeah. You know? I think, I think there's a lot of underrated stuff there. And I think sometimes it's a bit of a challenge maybe to take everything seriously because you think it's like, what's that going to do, right? Um, but if you actually like let it get to you and you let it help you, there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the real name thing is like, probably doesn't matter. It feels like something that may, might come from sports or, 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 or whatever, but um, I guess it's like, there's a lot of individual stuff to, to different players and different teams, right? Stuff that might help someone and, and then might not help you in the moment. So it's like, you're mm -hmm. probably going to get some, some things wrong if you're the mental coach. Um, yeah. And then again, you might get some things right, but the team just fully agrees altogether that it's not the right thing, even though it, it might have helped them. You never know. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that was kind of the thing. Yeah. That's what was funny. Is so, when someone asked me about it, I was like, no, they didn't really help. And then I thought about it. I was yeah. like, I guess they did kind of help Maybe by showing did. us the reflection thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's I think it's underrated, especially in PUBG, because I think mental is. I mean, maybe that's. I think that's just probably all esports. I just only know it from the PUBG POV. But I think mental side of things is just so massive, and it's huge. And it's not just the confidence. It's also sort of like the trust in your teammates and the whole like being on the same track, being like aware of what the goals are, what the mindset is. Um. There's so much that can go wrong there or can be like suboptimal, I guess. And it can really, really hurt you if you're, mm -hmm. if you're at the top level already. I feel like that stuff can really make the difference. Yeah, like preparation, not only about like the teams you know and stuff, but like in, in terms of how your team is going to vibe and communicate, et cetera. Like that relieves a lot of stress and pressure off you. And I yeah. feel like that's completely underrated because PUBG is an extremely stressful game. I, don't, I, I can't imagine a game being as stressful as PUBG when it comes to like a late game end zone and you're playing for a million dollars it's like yeah. holy shit like yeah you know you pick out the smoke wrong or like yeah. it literally feels like you're in a, a fucking trench yeah in a war like so if you can keep yourself like calm it's super important and and that goes down to like even the subconscious level like if there's stuff you won't even be thinking about that just like stresses your body out. It's taxing on your body when you're that stressed. It's it's completely underrated. Like people don't talk about it, but like you sleep less at events, etc. Yeah. If you can be like truly at peace with like the situation you're in and the preparation you've done and you can relax, it's that makes all the difference. Yeah. I remember there was like a game at I think it was um PGC twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Where there was like a there was like a late game, um, Liquid had like one up, um, and Cor I think Ghibli was was the guy. Corn was playing for them, and they were like struggling to make the cut to qualify to the finals, and they cut to the player cam of Corn, who's like one v twoing in in the in the compound um, east of Quarry in that warehouse compound, mm -hmm. and they cut to his player cam, and he's just sitting there like smiling his ass off. He's just like one v wanting EB and then surviving out surviving another team to to make it into finals, and he's just like smile like this, dude. You know? And I'm some people like, is built like that. I'm just like, what the hell? Like, how is that a thing? Um, but yeah, like you said, if you have that in your head, if you're if all you think about is like, oh, I have control of this, I can decide this, and I know what to do. You know, it sounds easy in the in theory, right? Mm -hmm. Um. 
but yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. But I think if you're even if you're even thinking about like the anything external other than the game in those moments, you've probably yeah. already lost like the you know, you just have to be vibing with the game. It's game by game. Like, it's you can't yeah. think about scoreboard and stuff, I guess. Yeah. You can't sit there and think scoreboard. You can't sit there and think like are people watching this? Oh, that would have been a sick clip on stream or Yeah. Or like wonder what this team is. Like I think it's I think that's a really good point because there's also a really tough balance when you especially when you're like one up or two up like how much do the other two teammates actually help and and like pitch in because if it gets too much like they could, they can really have a good impact they can really help with like information kill feed tracking tracking leaderboard points whatever but if they'd help too much i feel like you just take the confidence of the people away that are actually playing if you tell yeah. them what to do um, that's my biggest pet peeve yeah. like it used to happen on my older teams, and I think it happened like only the tiniest little bit when I first joined this roster at the moment. Is like if someone is trying to like micro manage you, like I, I like it if they give like macro info, like yeah, kill feed. This compound is free. This compound is fighting. This team is weak. The east side could be etc. Mm -hmm. That's all really helpful info. But if it's like scooch to the left or like prone here. Like, mm -hmm. then it's just like, shut up. Like, I'm playing the game. Like, yeah. that stuff is like so frustrating. It doesn't matter if it's so, good like, advice. I feel like if you're not doing what you wanted to do in the moment, yeah. you're already like a 10% weaker player or something. Like, yeah, right. It's already, it's so tilting. Like, I, I don't think I've ever gotten mad at my teammates about anything except for that, really. Like, yeah. that, I have vivid memories of just dying in situations where someone was microing me and I've just gone, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. so aggravating. I feel that. Now you just mentioned earlier teams. Um, I think I think a lot of you are like uh, longtime fans are well aware of that kind of stuff. Um, but many of the EU people might not really be. Um, you moved to North America. Um, I around the time where you were playing uh, NPLC. I don't know if you you played some of NPLC um, still from Australia, and then you moved, or did you move for NPLC? So I played one NPLC. Yeah, yeah. I played one MPLC phase in Australia, mm -hmm. um, and everyone was calling me the ping demon. <laughs> like, I remember Microfry coming up to me after that phase, and he told me one time he shot me six times with an SLR and I didn't die, and then I two-tapped him. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you have a ping shield. It gives you extra HP. Like, yeah. Because like, I was like, sure, bro. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I played the first phase from Australia, and then I played the second phase from America. Vizzle flew me out to play the second phase. Um, and, and then you started fun. living there. How how did that go? So yeah, I just started living there straight away. Got a visa right before the second MPLC phase. Did you, uh, was there a time where you lived with Bizzle as well? There was, right? Yeah, I mean, he basically when COVID started, he felt like I shouldn't just be looking after myself all degenerate mode. Plus, he technically had to like shut the office down. Mm -hmm. Even though I was the only person going to the office, like I would walk from my apartment where I was the only person to the office where I was the only person, but he still had to like close it down for like mm -hmm. restriction rules. Um, and my apartment was fucking tiny. I lived in this shithole. So he basically moved my whole setup, my streaming setup into his living room and was like, you just stream from here. And I did that for like the next three months yeah. I lived with him. And uh, I mean, those are my highest stream hours of all time. I think I streamed like 260 hours in a month at one point. Jesus. Because uh, I, I was just waking up, I would make a huge bowl of oatmeal, eat it, and then like he would feed me, you know? Like it was like having mum's cooking again. Mm -hmm. So like I, <laughs> I didn't have to end stream to get up to eat and stuff. Like 
I could just sit there and stream all day. Yeah. Crazy. That was an absolute grind. Is he like, is it, is it too much to say that he's like a, you know, like a second, second father figure to you in some, some sense? Cause he kind of brought you to, uh, to the US <laughs> and like helped you out with all that stuff. He's definitely like a, a role model. I don't like saying father figure cause I yeah. feel like that detracts from like my actual dad. My dad yeah. is literally like one of the most hands-on loving people. I feel like I won the lottery with my parents. Like they're genuinely, I'll always be grateful for everything they do. Yeah, for sure. No, it's just lack of a better word, sort of what I, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, but he, Bizzle does say that, like, <laughs> we went to this golfing club in, uh, in uh, Dubai, mm -hmm. and he was basically, like, I was in Doha, actually. No, I was in Dubai, sorry. He was, like, uh, he just told them that I was his son and his caddy, like, just to see if he could get me in CP, you know, like, he'll go around. If it's, like, too hard for him to introduce me to people, he just says, like, this is my son, like, yeah. <laughs> It's because we both have accents. People it's are like, just oh, right. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's cool because like, um, I don't think a lot of people would get like get that chance, right, to just like move move to the US and and just like follow their dream. And you've just yeah. sort of been on Sonics ever since, uh, and just really just followed. I think is it fair to say? I think you follow your dream pretty much, right? Like, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny. Like, I was just playing. PUBG, like all throughout high school, I kind of threw my year 12, it's like my final year of school to get into university. I kind of threw that just mm -hmm. playing PUBG. Yeah. Um, and you get scored like between zero to 100 in Australia. Uh, and that's like your admissions rank to get into university. And I missed out by like one, literally just one point uh, on, on my engineering course. So I went to university to do like some maths science course so I could then transfer to engineering and like, my first couple of days there, it was like a two-hour train right away. I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I basically... So I went there for two weeks, and then I went to uh, NPL Royale or Relegations. Mm -hmm. it, it was an event, and uh, I met Bizzle there. And three days later, at the end of the event, we were all sitting around a campfire. It was me, Bizzle, uh, Unit Sean from Space Station Gaming. Mm -hmm. No, from to Totality, not Space Station Gaming. That's a lot it was not unit Sean. It's a different Sean. Okay. Fuck, I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, there's some totality. Yeah, like, we were all sitting around the campfire, and Bizzle was just drinking a beer, and he says to me casually, like, I'll get you a visa. And I was like, All right, cool. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? He's like, Yep, yeah, I'll bring you to the US. You know, I'll get you a visa. Yeah. And then, like, it was worded exactly like that. That's just how he said it. And then it ended up working out. And That's wild. It was pretty funny. Everything else is history. Mm -hmm. That's pretty damn cool. Um, I say campfire. It was more like it was like one of those like gas fires like next to the pool area of the hotel. Like, <laughs> just campfire sounds that. way better. Just, just yeah, I said that. campfire, yeah. and then I was kind of like, it's not like we're in the fucking woods. Like, <laughs> I didn't question it. I was like, yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> sounds like a vibe. Post Royale fucking camping yeah. trip. Damn, that's a while ago. All I could think about, you said mm -hmm. SSG, I thought about like the, their jerseys. They had like gray and yellow jerseys. That's all I remember. Yeah. Like Vexel, yeah. I think, was playing for them. Vexel, Smurf, uh, D Master, and Huynh. Yeah. You know, Huynh actually, it was ages ago. When, so before I joined the Sonics, uh, it was really funny because mm -hmm. I saw E United as like a bigger org. So like little 18 year old Jimmy was like, I want to join E United. Mm -hmm. And I messaged them, I was like, Are you guys going to make any roster changes? Because I, I will join you if you do and you want me. And they were like, no, we're not changing anyone. Um, 
like, I was like, okay, I'm going to sign to the Sonics. Like, if you need to let me know now. And then they were like, no, we're not sending anyone. Mm-hmm. And then like a week and a half later, they messaged me. They're like, are you, like, are you still available for a trial? Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what the fuck? That's just fucking esports, bro. Yeah. It's like- so like, and I'd already signed. So I was like, boom. But I mean, that was a, in hindsight, that was a good decision yeah. for me. Bizzle was telling me like, you're an idiot if you sign there. Yeah. So like, I mean, he I did mean, look after me pretty well. I feel like in the, um, sort of in that sense of like you making it as a player, it probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Like you've gone through some rosters, some like more successful, yeah. some less. Um, and you've made your way just because you're good enough. Um, but mm-hmm. it feels nice to stay, like, stay with the Sonics, right? Like they've treated you yeah. really well and, and you've been really successful for them. So it's nice that you didn't yeah. throw that away for United. I also had, a, I had H1 reach out to me mm-hmm. for Space Station Gaming ages ago, ages and ages ago. And he was like, do you want to trial? And at the time I was like, I had no idea who he was. I thought Space Station Gaming was just like a mid team. Yeah. I was like, no, nah, like I'm not joining these guys. Did you, did you respond <laughs> though or did you ego him? Did you just... No, I responded. I responded. Yeah, <laughs> if I egoed him, that would be fucked. I yeah, mean, I was yeah. a contenders player. He was an MPO. Yeah. Then he got picked up for Cloud9. Or maybe this was after Cloud9 dissolved. I can't remember. He got picked up for Cloud9 and I was like, oh, this guy might should be good. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how esports goes sometimes. I feel like. Yeah. You kind of ego someone or you like, you think they're just a nobody. And then like six months later, they're like up, way above you. And you're just like, oh, that's yeah. what happened with uh, Fex. That was part one of this episode. There'll be, will be a part two. So again, make sure you are subscribed if you don't want to miss that. If you do enjoy this kind of content and um, make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe wherever you are. And if you want to support a little bit more, um, there is my PUBG creator code which I'll put in the description. And there is always my Patreon for the people that just want to give a little bit of uh, financial support for this content um, to exist. That being said, watching is more than enough. um, And I will see you guys for part two in just a few days.